To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Trevor Mallard, uh, it turns out, has cost us more money than we thought that he had cost us previously, although it probably doesn't surprise you at all. So you will recall, of course, he's he's had to have his... uh, Assistant Speaker, now the current Speaker, Adrian Rurafe, apologise on his behalf to Trevor, uh, to Winston Peters for the um, the trespassing that shouldn't have happened. As a result, that has cost us $23 million in legal fees. And to talk a little bit more about that, we're joined by Barry Soper, our political editor. Hi, Barry. Good afternoon, Heather. Not a surprise, is it? Which, are we talking about the legal fees? Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Um, I guess the surprise was that it took Trevor Mallard so long to apologise. I mean... It was two months after, um, essentially, he knew he was wrong. But like the rapist thing that took him 18 Mm. months, this took him uh, two months uh, that uh, he knew that he was wrong to issue trespass notices uh, to Winston Peters. Now, we know that Winston Peters is litigious. And, uh, of course, he called in the lawyers uh, so it's costing us, what, $25,000. Don't forget that bill is on top of the $330,000 in legal fees that the taxpayers had to cop up after he falsely accused a parliamentary staff. Did you say $23 million? Uh, 20, It's twenty about $25 million. Oh, sorry, $1,000. <laughs> because I was going to say, there's going to be some outrage over this. We're going to want to find well, out who this is, who is... Charging this much money. Um, yeah, I'm getting my zeros 000. wrong, Heather. No, fair <laughs> enough. I can understand that. All right. Um, I mean, add this Add this to the $330,000 for wrongly calling somebody yeah. a rapist. Add this to the $570,000 for the kids' playground. He's become probably one of the most expensive um, speakers in the history of speakers in this country, I would no, say. Um, no apology from him and certainly no apology from Chris and Jacinda at the moment. Look, I found it absolutely fascinating when, um, in fact, um, the questions came. Uh, Jacinda Ardern was with uh, Carmel Cepoloni and Chris Hipkins uh, out today and um, they gave a stand-up for the media and the the questions came about this botch-up, which it it most certainly was, Mm. and saw uh, Northland shut down. This is where the $25 came. I think the uh, cost of the economy there was around that uh, by closing Northland down, uh, by getting it wrong. These people were legitimate going across the border, and there was so much talked about then. But uh, what happened was the Prime Minister immediately stood aside uh, when the question was asked about um, that bureaucratic blunder. Now, Chris Hipkins was given the job of fielding the questions and essentially said nothing uh, to see here, a bureaucratic blunder that um, he said was fessed up to at the time. And as you rightly said, Heather, I think he mentioned it in passing, but it was never really picked up on because it was so obscure. And he pointed out, he pointed the finger, I'd have to say, at the media for describing the women uh, in all sorts of ways um, when uh, we knew of the border breach. Here he is. We were pushing back on and asking people not to make judgments based on the fact that we didn't have accurate information. And I think it, it reinforces the over, overall view that we took at the time that actually we shared information as much as we could so that people were informed about the decisions we were making. But judgments uh, and some of the commentary was not particularly helpful. So we're at fault, Heather, nobody else.
Yeah, here's the thing, okay, I was just looking back at some of the stories. At the time, this is the 22nd of October, so it's in the same month, it's within It's within what two weeks of that, that region going into lockdown. One of the women came out in the papers in the Herald, spoke to Annalise and said, I did nothing wrong. And at that point, yes. surely, Chris Hipkins could have gone, hey, by the way, um, yeah, actually she didn't. They could have, Yes, right? exactly. And they certainly weren't prostitutes is what uh, they were being painted yeah. as, I remember at the time. Hey, um, what, what's what's Willie Jackson's Maori media strategy going to do? <sighs> well, if you can tell me, you'd be uh, certainly reading it better than me, that he embargoed it until four o'clock this afternoon. I thought, oh, this could be interesting. Now, um, he said it's the Maori broadcasting strategy. He said Cabinet had agreed to a three-year plan which outlines the priorities for Maori media, the Maori media sector. He said it's important to have quantity, uh, quality Māori content available to all New Zealanders in both Te Reo uh, and uh, in English uh, to raise the status of the language, it's the Māori language, and build cultural national identity. Now, I'm not quite sure what that means, but I think uh, hidden in his release is improving coordination with the wider public media system. Now, that could be a message to us that the new merge TVNZ, RNZ, uh, new um, body that's uh, going to be created as a result of that will have a significant Māori component in it. That's the only thing I could really read into this. It's uh, it's difficult to understand. For me, it's as difficult to understand as the Māori language itself. <laughs> Barry, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Barry Soper, political editor. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.